a couple months ago, in the middle of uh, Lauren preaching, I just suddenly got excited and I was like, oh, I want to preach Mark 16, 15. And like my brain works, I started thinking about different verses that could go with that and tossed Lauren an email and said, can I preach that one? So he's like, he was want to do it next week or when it's in turn? When it's in the right time, so that's fine. So we're at the end of Mark, and I really wanted to preach this, so here we go. The verse, the one verse that I picked was Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I, uh, I made 12 pages of notes. But Lauren said it's got to be 20 minutes per inning. <laughs> As followers of Jesus Christ, our mission is to go and preach the gospel to every creature and to teach them all the things that Jesus commanded. Jesus told his disciples, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, Jesus was not aiming this exclusively at Peter and co., the disciples. Nor was his instruction just to missionaries and pastors. This is the great commission to every believer in Christ Jesus. Men, women, and children, old and young, you and I, are commissioned to go and preach the gospel to everyone with ears that can hear. Hey, if they don't have ears that work, and we just have to learn how to sign it to them. I've heard a story of a young man who became a believer in a closed country. I think it was Vietnam. Anyway, the first thing he did was memorize at least one of the Gospels. I actually think he memorized all four, but I don't remember that fully in the story because there are lots of stories at the same time. Anyway, then he went to a small village to preach the good news to them. However, the village didn't want to hear, and they kicked him out. So, instead of moving on to another village, because he believed that God had sent him to that village, he went to the outskirts in the jungle and started preaching to a tree. After a while, one of the villagers heard him preaching to a tree and decided to stay and listen. Eventually, more and more, began to stay and listen until the whole village had moved out there in camp and the, the village was empty. And once they were all saved, they broke camp, went to another village to go get some more saved. Now, I don't know if a tree can be considered a creature, certainly one of God's creation, but if people will not listen to us preach to them, Sometimes we ought to find a tree to preach to. We might just be amazed how God will bring sinners to repentance through something that may feel weird and embarrassing to, uh, to us. Remember, the wisdom of God is foolishness to the world. It is better to seek God's wisdom than our own. Here's the thing. We don't have a lot of time to waste. Agree? The time is short. Now is the time to preach the gospel to our families, to our neighbors, to our co-workers, 
to our friends, and to our enemies. Paul instructed Timothy to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. We need to be following that admonition. Before they were no longer endure sound doctrine. It's already happening, isn't it? You see it today. There's so much confusion, so much rejection of things that are holy and true and sound. Holy Spirit, we know that the days are evil. Please give us a sense of urgency and the same compassion that Jesus has for the lost. Help us to forsake the world's distractions and to redeem the time in order to get another lost sinner into the kingdom before your return. Amen. We need God's wisdom. Proverbs 11.30 says, He that winneth souls is wise. Jesus told his disciples to go and preach the gospel to every creature. As disciples, us, of Jesus, the first thing you and I are going to do is to seek God's wisdom. Because we all know that no matter what, none of us are wise enough to convince somebody, to reason somebody to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, or that he's the Son of God, or that there's even a God. We're not smart enough. And it's a heart matter. Skeptics don't want to believe there's a one true God. In fact, probably most people these days believe that they are their own God. That's why we need to seek wisdom from the very author of life, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. On the mount, Jesus told his disciples to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We must start by seeking after God's wisdom, not our own. The temptation is to lose patience while seeking after God's wisdom and seeking worldly wisdom instead. Coming up with our own ideas of how to do God's will. However, the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. God gives us true wisdom by his spirit. And it is given freely and abundantly if we ask him. James wrote, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. We must use God's wisdom to be able to effectively share the gospel in this unbelieving and depraved world. You can see all the ways that our culture has shifted from knowing what is good, uh, what is good and what is evil to calling good evil, and evil good, and then to attacking those who don't agree with them. We have gender identity confusion. We have excuses for every sexual preference. And 
we don't know what side to be on anymore when there's a world conflict. It's all confusion. And we can't figure it out without God's truth and his spirit teaching us that truth. That's why it's so important to ask God for wisdom to cut through the confusion with certainty of the truth of the gospel. We also need to pray fervently. James 5.16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We must pray for lost souls. It may lead the most stubborn to salvation. James continues to instruct us that if any do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. If Elijah can pray for the rain to stop, and it stops for three and a half years, and then he prays once more for the rain to come, and it pours, we can pray for lost souls. That the Holy Spirit would break their hearts over the sins, and that they would come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. And we can be assured that God will do his part and bring that sinner to a place where he or she can make the choice to either receive Christ or reject him. We can trust that God will do everything short of forcing a man or woman to make that choice in order to give them space to repent and call upon his name. Let's remember, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So let's obey the admonition of Hebrews to come boldly to the throne of grace that we and lost souls may obtain mercy and find grace. We must also pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ that God would give them and us the words of life to say to the lost. In Ephesians 6, just after listing off the armor of God, Paul implores us to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Paul asks that utterance may be given to him, that he may open his mouth boldly to make known the mystery of of the gospel. That's what we need to pray for. He said that he wanted to speak boldly as he ought to speak. We ought to also pray that God would make us the opportunity like he did for Paul. He would give us the boldness to share the gospel and that he would put the words into our mouths to share these words to lost sinners. We can also offer to pray for unbelievers, like when you encounter them, while we're with them. Can I pray for you? That's a good question to ask somebody, especially if you're seeing that there's trouble over something. And it also might just be the right icebreaker for them to start a dialogue with you about the gospel. And if you can, if they'll allow it, we could pray for them right then and there. It shows our commitment to Jesus, to them. It's a witness. It also shows that we care for them. Jesus was looking, earlier in Mark we saw it, Jesus was looking over the crowd and he had compassion on them. That's a compassion that we want. Same compassion. To, to, to see that they need to be fed, 
And, and not just like with bread, but with the words of life. The effectual fervent prayer is prayed by the righteous witness. One way we are remaining in constant prayer is walking in right and is walking in righteousness. Uh, uh, sorry, and walking in righteousness is to be on short account with the Lord. Okay, I'm on short account with God a lot because temptation comes all the time. The temptation to worry, to be anxious, to uh, to lust, to uh, be angry. Oh yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Um, that, that that comes all the time. Lord, help me. I give you those thoughts. I've taken those ca- those thoughts captive in obedience to Christ when they come. I try to be on short account. We can all be on short account. We don't want to hide sin in our hearts because God says, you hide sin in your hearts. I'm, I'm not hearing you. Not because he can't hear us, but because we're basically putting up a wall saying, nope, I, I want to hold on to this. He tells us not to be anxious for anything. He tells us to confess our sins. And we know that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He tells us not to fear man. Because the fear of man bringeth a snare. We fear what people will do more than we fear them going to hell. If that isn't a true statement, then we would be out there trying to get every single lost soul just about every moment of the day. Right? We all, I think we all struggle with that. Holy Spirit, give us perfect love for the lost. Cast out fear of man and give us fear for the consequences of their sin against their own souls. Holy Spirit, please fill us with that love. Please fill us with your presence. Empower us to speak the word of God boldly, just as the disciples did in the book of Acts. Give us great power to witness the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to the lost. Thank you for giving us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind so that we can be your instruments for the furtherance of the gospel. I skipped part of my sermon. I was supposed to say we need boldness. Acts 4.31 says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken when they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. See, God will give us that power, that boldness. He'll give us strong courage, like he told Joshua, be strong and very courageous. He'll give us that so we can go out against those fears of man and preach the gospel. So he'll give us that love and compassion and the boldness that we need. He'll equip us and give us everything we need to be able to share our faith, to witness Jesus Christ to the lost. Jesus gave us an example himself. Remember at his baptism, he was filled 
with the Holy Ghost. And he, he read the scroll. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. We are to be like him. Let's follow his example. Walk in the Spirit so that we can go out and set at liberty them that are bruised and help them recover sight to the blind and preach deliverance to the captives. Lord Jesus, fill us with your Holy Spirit every day so that we can do your will and walk in the Spirit. Help us to preach the gospel to the poor and heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to pray for the sick and set at liberty the bruised just as Jesus did. Jesus says that it is the Spirit that quickeneth. That means to give life. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And he also said, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. To be filled with the Spirit of God, we must choose to abide in him. Serving the Lord with gladness, communing with him in prayer and studying his word. We want to keep hiding God's word in our hearts. When the devil tempted Jesus, he quoted scripture. That's powerful. He said that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. In Hebrews it says that the word is quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So by studying and meditating on God's word, we can be proficient with it and we will respond with God's words instead of our own. That's why Peter instructed us to sanctify the Lord God in our hearts and to be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Let's remember that Paul said that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation that ever, to everyone that believeth. Our own words are insufficient. Our testimony does point to the gospel, but it's the gospel that has the power to change. It's the word of God, as we saw, that has the power to divide the, the marrow from the, the, the bones. The, it has... The, the power to do what needs to be done in the heart of an unbeliever to bring them to repentance. Paul told the Corinthian church that the Lord ordained that they, preach the gospel, that they that preach the gospel should live the gospel. He took that so serious that he said, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. Consider if it's our job to go and preach the gospel then we ought to be thinking, woe is me if I don't go preach the gospel. It's our job. It's our commission to go and do that. Why are we not? If you're not. Maybe, maybe you are, and I don't want to put that condemnation on you. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we are not always living the gospel. In fact, many parts of our lives uh, will not likely point others to Jesus. 
There are so many people in the world that you place directly in our lives that don't know you. But we have not been concerned enough to put down our own inhibitions, fears, and pride to witness the gospel to them. Please make the very idea that our family members or neighbors or co-workers, our friends, and even our enemies are falling towards an eternity in the lake of fire concern us enough to turn off our devices to go share the words of life with them. Make us very strong in faith and very courageous so we can obey and go. So we need to go make disciples. In Matthew 24, Jesus told the disciples about the signs of return, saying, and because iniquity shall abound, I think we recognize that's happening right now, the love of many shall wax cold, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. In John's vision in Revelation 14, 6, it records, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. By the way, the word angel means messenger. And it's in the middle of the word evangelist. We're to, we're to do the work of, a, of an evangelist. Just before he ascended to heaven, Jesus told the disciples, ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So let's go and join that angel in preaching the gospel in our communities, in our neighboring communities, in our province and country, and across the world. So go doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to another continent. You don't have to go to Africa necessarily, unless God's telling you to go there. But you need to go out there. Tell your neighbors, tell your co-workers, tell your family. Jesus died for all, that all might come to repentance. He commanded us to go and share the gospel around the world. Not just to a few select people that we think are likely candidates. Have, have you ever been with me on that, where you're like, I think uh, somebody's got to get to like, the bottom before they'll be willing to hear the gospel or be willing to be changed, you know? Why do we judge that? All, everybody needs to hear the gospel. We don't know what's going on in their lives anyway. Really, we do, they, they, people hide it. Remember, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and the whosoever needs to hear the gospel. But how shall they believe in him on whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So that's our cue. Let's go tell them that they've sinned against their Creator, that, and despite that, He loves them so much that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus, to die in their place, purchasing the punishment that they deserved, and we deserved, so that if they believe on Him, that they can be saved and become adopted children of God. Brothers and sisters, we are running out of time. 
Jesus will return soon. So let's get as many as we can into the kingdom before he does return. Heavenly Father, send each of us to go and preach your gospel. Please give us the wisdom we need to do it. Please give us your words in our mouths to tell them. Please fill us with your spirit to empower and to embolden us to share the gospel to the world. We know that you are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Give us the same desire so that we get some more lost souls into your kingdom before that great and terrible day comes. Please prepare the hearts of our neighbors and, our, and of strangers we encounter to believe on your Son, Jesus Christ, and to have everlasting life, and to keep them from the wrath that each one of us truly deserves. Thank you that you love the world so much that you gave your only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. By the grace of your precious Son, Jesus Christ, amen.